you already know we were gonna $14. make it. It was, it was <laughs> At least she told you after that she we doubted. We laughed so hard. We laughed so hard. That's crazy. Hey guys. What's up? Oh. <laughs> Greetings. Hello. Greetings. What a cool gadget you have on your wrist there, Andrea. Tell us about it. Oh, this right here? Yeah. Oh, this is a pedometer. Ooh. Ooh. Mainly. Um, it measures my heart rate and tracks my sleep. Tracking your steps. Mm-hmm. Tracks my steps. <laughs> so studies have shown that if you wear a pedometer, you're more likely to uh, be more mindful of your activity and what you're mm, eating yes. because you're tracking it. Yes. You know, she so puts those studies in the notes. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's great. For more Actual. information, please feel free to read the notes of this podcast where you'll That's find right. That's right. Uh, Andrea, I, I, so I don't have time to put notes so in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I barely have time. Who has the time? <laughs> to the podcast. That's how people get away with so much crap. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's kind of There's no notes. check. Oh, yeah, that guy's totally telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, you just go like, oh, that guy seems believable. I guess what he's saying must be true. Factual, uh, undebatable. The internet never lies. And they sound lies. so, like, legit. Yeah. You're like, man, confidence goes a long way. Well, yeah. you know, okay, I was thinking it about does. this. When you were listening to a sermon... And, you know, so in the Bible it says that it's not for personal interpretation, but it's always personal interpretation, right? Because he's, like, standing up there and he's like, this word in the Greek means this, and this, and like, well, that's one of the meanings. There's, like, five, sometimes ten meanings for that word, and if it's, like, with this other word, or if it has, like, a hyphen or whatever, it's a, so it's your interpretation of the one of the five hundred words that that Greek word means. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, it's not but for it's interpretation. Very, yeah. But they're very confident about it, you know? Right. This right. is what it means. And everyone's like, oh, it's what it means. <laughs> it's it's funny you mentioned that because I was like I watched Borat too. He just dropped. Yo, okay. Yes. Yo, and I was like, we're not gonna talk about Borat too. There's no way I can like fit this in the conversation. And that's that's the perfect segue into Borat. Yeah, you know, I felt bad because I did not get a chance to watch the show you recommended. Oh, because you were watching watch Borat. Borat too. You're good. Yeah. You yeah. you are you are forgiven. <laughs> But yeah. That, so what about Borat 2 did you want to bring up? I guess I shouldn't say it to, for spoiler reasons. I will have an announcement. Spoilers. Spoiler. Also, if you're listening right now, spoiler if you have not watched Borat <laughs> yes. and want to. Spoiler. I'll, I'll even say it more, uh, what's the word? I'll, I'll be conspicuous about it. So Borat is like completely confident in telling uh, a woman of Kazakhstan the lay of the land and he finds out that the stuff he believed was not true some of it some of the stuff that he thought was true was true that ended up not true was true (laughs) but yeah all you need is confidence that's 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 the key so who's here today guys who wants to start eddie Shadden, rick diaz mary diaz andrew munson and tim and last but not least Daniel Ureña. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Drop some reggaeton beats uh-huh. here. <laughs> 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 it's from a previous podcast. Oh, yeah. Right, right, yeah. Come on, let me in. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
So, so for those listening, Danelli and I go way, way back. That's correct. Do you wanna do you wanna tell us what you remember? <laughs> Don't say anything about me. Just <laughs> <laughs> no. Tell us all about Andrea too, please. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we met while we were working at a, a Christian nonprofit organization in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, about fifteen years ago. Whoa. <laughs> a while right? back. About that. <laughs> That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. You said fifteen years 15 ago. Fifteen years wow. ago. Wow. That's a and time. Yeah. We were 10, so... Right, right. I was about to say 10 years <laughs> old. Guys, uh, I mean, we look good. <laughs> <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys both work with Alan? No, she worked with Alan. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's somebody that nobody else here would even remotely yeah, know. No, yes. Who's Alan? Can we can we learn who Alan, Alan is? Alan was my boss. Oh. You know, there's a few people, there's like a handful of people around the world that are kind of like the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> He's one of those guys. He is. So, Danelli, why don't you tell us about Danelli? Oh, okay. <laughs> not to put you on the spot. Not at all. No, not really. Hmm. What's your favorite color? Green. Oh, well, why? Because you're so... <laughs> <laughs> but this is a good way to warm, you know, like right, right, warm up, warm up, and kind of get comfortable. Um, sure. Because it's almost everywhere. Because oh. it's the sign of growth. Oh. Because it's the it's the thing that you see once winter has gone by. Oh. You know, so it's the hope of life. So, yeah, I've That's always liked it since I was little. So it's uh, it's definitely, and I love. Um, I've had the the privilege of of uh, traveling a lot, and um, and I feel like nature has always been a way of connecting. Mm. And so, yeah. So that's that's the reason why. Um, Talk about where you've traveled. <laughs> like our conversation, I, I feel like that should be more like where hasn't she? Right, that's, that's probably a shorter, out. shorter yeah. list. Yeah, what was your favorite place? Oh, Sorry, no, no, no mine. You, you go ahead, baby. So we're gonna miss. <laughs> we can all get in a line in front of a microphone desk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like to I do like these question. questions because they're kind of sort of bringing things together. <clears throat> You're just stirring the pot. You're just just they're, like they're, a they're all they're all in some way connected. So. Um, we okay. really like getting to know our guests, so yeah. that's why we're bombarding you with questions. <laughs> Great. I, I don't mind. Um, I'd rather that than be like, hmm, what should <laughs> I say? <laughs> um, so I think I should start with the fact that I was born in the Dominican Republic um, to a Dominican dad and a Costa Rican mom. And then um, I moved to Guatemala when I was about eight years old um, and lived there for four years and then moved to the U.S. when I was almost 13. Mm. Um, And so I say that because when I was younger, I struggled with moving. And when I look back, (laughs) when I look back and I look now, movement is sort of 
my norm. <laughs> so funny how kind of life goes, you know, it takes you. And, and the things that you, that could have kind of marked you in ways that could paralyze you, actually are things that, with time, develop your your resilience yeah. and your inner strength to mm-hmm. be able to say, well, I guess it's time to move. <laughs> Let's pack things up. Um, and so, and I, and I also think like those moves while they were done either for my parents' stu- studies or ministry, um, they, they really just allowed us to kind of expand at, a, at an earlier stage in life to, to, to see yourself as different from others um, and, to, and to be able to, without knowing, uh, having the opportunity to to cross cultures in a way that um, it allows you to to enter in from a place of someone who knows what it is to be different. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so you can Empathy. you you can put yourself yeah you can put yourself in someone else's shoes because you yourself have cried your eyes out for being, you know, the one, the odd one out, right? Mm-hmm. Or, like, I struggled with first days of schools till, of school till I was in college. But it was that sort of anxiety that sort of kind of carried through. Um, and then, of course, it, eventually you're, you're able to process those things and recognize that this is not the same experience, then you uh, have more tools to be able to navigate that than when you were younger. So, so moving has been sort of part of, of uh, I guess, of my life journey. Um, and I'm very grateful because then it got to a point where I made a decision, and that decision took me a little bit place. Mm-hmm. And so that gave sort of that sort of brought all those all those things that I've been like collecting along the way. It brought it into a more, more concrete. Oh, this is. This is how this makes sense. Mm. This is this is the importance of being able to to um, not see those experiences necessarily as things that uh, paralyze you, but as things that you can use use them, you know, mm-hmm. to to be um, to be available to other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and uh, my favorite still today is South Africa. It's one of my favorite places. Tell us about that real quick. But the reason why is because for the organization that we worked, Andrea and myself worked, Mm -hmm. um, she worked in research, but I worked on the ground. So I worked um, equipping leaders on the ground to do the work of that ministry, as well as, um, as well as taking groups from the U.S., to do work for that ministry. And so that's why we traveled everywhere, <laughs> constantly. And so South Africa was one of the places where we would actually take intern teams. And those were three month long intern teams. And so I was able to spend a total of six months, uh, three months each round, mm-hmm. but we basically would get there, we would train our team, and they go all over the place to support the work of the ministry that we were representing. Um, that we would drive ourselves. So that's where I learned to drive stick shift. 
<laughs> on the other side of the road. <laughs> That's where I learned to drive stick shift with a trailer hitch on the back of the car, which I've never driven stick shift on the other side of the road with a trailer yeah. that was packed with all the things that we did. Right? Like, you just learned it all at once. Yeah, so you just learn all, we were talking about that with Andrea, like the crazy things that we did uh, that, I mean, thank goodness, things worked out, you know. Yeah. Um, but they might have not. <laughs> but they might have not. There is a chance. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what makes a great story. Absolutely. You know, I told her, I was like, I have no idea. I mean, it was by the grace of God that I didn't end up in jail. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we we were mm-hmm. responding to the needs of the organization. And you didn't really fully understand all the legal implications of right. driving. <coughs> you, know, you, don't, you don't stop and say, well, let me go and read. What are the road rules here? Mm-hmm. You would try to, you know, you have your international license just to be on the safe side. But you learn along the way that there are things that, oh, you get penalized for that. Okay, mm-hmm. well, we're going to start away from that, right? Like, <laughs> Um, or driving um, on the side, you know, like on an areas where you're just like, I'm not really sure if there's anything around here. Mm-hmm. I hope that we're getting to a school, but we're just gonna keep driving until wow. we get to where we get, right? And so, so all that to say that because we were responsible for driving ourselves throughout the country, then we got to see a ton of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just using maps. Because there were no, yeah. there was no, there was no GPS back yeah. then, um, and so, um, and you basically had to lean on each other. So it was my other teammate and the people that, the the kids that were eighteen and older, we were responsible for. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of things that we were juggling at the time, and along the way, we got to experience like mm-hmm. the beauty of a country like South Africa, yeah, yeah. and the people, which are just diverse and just lovely um and uh i i don't you know like what is the weather like there in south africa it's uh it's both it's dry and it's wet Mm -hmm. so it will switch like right now it's getting warm yeah um and and that's beautiful too um so so i mean it's something that is similar to me because i grew up in places where that's just what you get um, I'm all for not getting snow, so <laughs> you know it was it was good, especially if we had to drive. Um, oh yeah. They but did. it was. Oh. But did you encounter the baboons? Oh, absolutely! <laughs> baboons, monkey coming into the kitchen. No, yeah, no. I mean, you name it. We did you drink? It. Uh, did you drink red bush tea? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We absolutely. have it. We I, so I make it as our iced tea at the roastery. Really. Yeah, that's my favorite. That is where I learned to. My friend Kat from Swaziland. Yeah. She showed me. She turned me on to it. She was like, "You gotta drink this tea." And yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the best. It's, it's delicious. Yeah. And then the South Africans add rusks, which is like a hard bread, um, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I'm not describing it really well, but. It's almost like a biscuit, but. Yes, yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like a biscuit, but it's really rustic. 
-hmm. and it just goes really well with that tea. So you I like just, dip it in the tea? You like do. Like with the I, English too? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah you kind of do, yeah, you kind of do that. It's, it's delicious. Cool. <laughs> Explain red, red bush tea, because like, I'm a huge <clears throat> tea, I'm a huge tea guy, and I, and I, I don't think I've ever heard of red bush tea. Is so, it, I'm guessing you, you you mean Rolois? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Roybus. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, cool, cool. Yeah. So, they're, like, they call it red bush there because, yeah. like, it's, that's how it grows. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, it is red. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you see it. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's red. So. No, I love that tea. I yeah. know what you're talking about now. It's a great yeah, tea. Yeah, it's, it's delicious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have it on tap. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw it. I was like, yes, because I'm not a coffee drinker. So I was like, there is something there for me. <laughs> what? <laughs> we some tomorrow. <laughs> Which, please don't judge me. I know I'm Dominican and Costa Rican. I should drink tea, but that is just not part of my life. Right. And it's not because I wasn't modeled in it. Because my parents drink tea. Uh, coffee. All the time. Yeah, yeah. So, but, and I also don't know anything about baseball, just in case you will ask. That, I'm Dominican. I realize that, but I don't know anything about baseball. I don't think we have any baseball games oh, in the room. No, no not so really. You're good, you're good. Used to, but... Very, very good. Because that's always like, what? Dominican, so you... No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, stereotypes. <laughs> you know who Big Poppy is, right? That's, that's I it. know. There you I go. Big Poppy. <laughs> yep. Have I seen him play? No. But I know of Big Poppy, yes. <laughs> yeah. Man. And so what do you do now? That's a good question. Um, well, a year ago, I um, started... A sabbatical year, so I, that year of rest. Cool. Um, yeah. And it was about, yeah, it's about resting and just really seeking, um, seeking next steps. Like, what are the things that I really want to be part of the next decade mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in my life? Just really wanting to be more intentional. Um, and so, as a result of that, which sort of kind of didn't come to an end, but it now it's into a different flow. Mm -hmm. um, I have been, I'm in the moment, in the in the space of setting up my my own business um, in the area Yay. of leadership and organizational um, consulting. Um, just really wanting to work with people um, more on one on one and um, and have the freedom to do and be. The person that I want to, as I as I seek out this this um, this new adventure, and just really add the things that that make Danelli Danelli, um, and continue to serve. I mean, it's not very different from from what I've been doing over the years, because that's what I've been doing, serving people. But um, it does come from a different from from a different space. Especially after having taken a year of just resting and really um, dedicating time to noticing, I'm turning forty at the end of the year, and so it was it was important for me to kind of reflect so that I could move forward, right? And so, so that's that's the exciting, nerve-wracking space that I find myself, but. I've had to say it's been a while since I've been in a space where I feel like there is so much creativity flowing 
in ways that I just hadn't tapped into because you you create rhythms in your life that can really stifle those things. Um, and they could be good because they have good intentions. Um, but at the same time, they're still stifling. <laughs> and so... That's well said. Yeah. Unless, unless you stop <clears throat> and actually sit with those things and choose, like actively choose, oh, okay, I'm going to stay with that. Or, no, I really want something else. Um, you just go on autopilot. And I think that um, there is something to be said about wanting to live in the present mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and being able to to really say, no, this is this is really what I'm here for, right? And that's and it's interesting because that does not negate everything that has happened. It doesn't take away from all that because all that was so important for me to get to this point. To be available to do that. Um, can't tell you how many times people are like, you're doing what? <laughs> yeah. you're, you're taking a year of rest? I've heard of. What, what is that? <laughs> how do you do that? <laughs> like, and especially because people get to know you as someone, and they're used to that. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to change. And yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know that they're not asking you or saying it because they're malicious. Right, right. right. You know, they're really saying because they care. They have no idea how much anxiety, how much of their anxiety sort of like is dumped (laughs) on you because they don't know what to do with that, right? And so it was a very interesting discovery of how I, how would Danelli then walk this out, knowing that other people are going to feel uncomfortable and knowing that my answer was going to be, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried that? Yeah, I don't know. I never did that, I think. <laughs> you know, I just, you, it's easier to have answers that make sense for people. You know, that yeah. they look, they look all nicely written. Totally. Right? Yeah, it makes them comfortable. It makes you comfortable. It makes them comfortable and everybody's happy. Is everybody happy? (laughs) That's the question. Is everybody happy? Like that's the part where it's like, I have to say, I it had to something major had to happen in order for me to be able to say, Okay, it's time time for a break, right? Like I experienced failure failure. I experience uh, a sense of what I would describe as I felt betrayed in some level. Um, And I saw myself for the first time powerless. And so when I experienced all of that, right, it just generated a whole other things for me to really, you you see yourself in 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 a light that, I mean, I wasn't used to. And so I had to, like, I honestly felt that at that point, God was saying, time for a break. (laughs) It's just, just take a break. (laughs) You need a break. And I had, I mean, 
seriously, like, honestly, at that point, I had probably been traveling internationally for, like, seven years. That sounds exhausting. So, (laughs) I love this stuff. Like, I love to travel. I, I mean, never got bored. I love, again, it's part of all the things that was built in, right? So that was never a problem. I think that the the part that needed a break was that traveling wasn't going to allow me to really have time to reflect. Because there was always demands. There was always another place for me to go. There was always... And I didn't mind it because I loved engaging people cross-culturally. Exhausting? Absolutely. Because your body... I mean, when I started traveling, I was 26. I stopped traveling at 30, 38. You need rest. Uh Right? At 26, I still was like, yeah, 26. (laughs) You know, by the time I got to be like 34, I was like, man, I need a real bed. (laughs) Someone, someone gave me a real bed. I just can't stay anywhere, right? And so so you you start seeing your body shift in that Mm -hmm. way. But honestly... Um, that experience of feeling like I had, you know, hit rock bottom, kind of, in the professional space, like, where I was just like, wow, I was blindsided. I did not see that coming. How did that happen? I thought that I knew what was happening. Really led me into that space of being able to, to really feel like God was saying, you do need to step up. And that gave me the opportunity to begin a process of healing, because those are things that you need to heal in order to be able to be at this space where I, I can say, man, I'm ready to continue to serve people where they are at. And I'm not, I'm not going to project mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be, I'm going to hold them. I'm going to be aware of them. And I'm going to continue to allow God to really speak into those things. Um, but they don't hold me anymore, right? Like, they don't have the power that they did at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need time for that. You need you need to create space. And I'm not saying, you know, like, to everybody, hey, go. Go to a year. People are probably going to say, well, she... That's ridiculous. I could take a year. And it's true. Absolutely true. It's just happened that it worked for me to be able to do that, you know? But I think there is something to be said that people should take time off. And that could look like two days. Mm -hmm. That could look like one day. Start with one day, right? That could look five days. We all need rest. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I'm a wreck if I don't get the right amount of rest at all. If I don't take a day off, <laughs> everything else just doesn't work. Yeah. Well. But if we, but, but we're not structured in that way, right? Like, society... What Western does, society. Western society. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. This society here... There's a lot of pressure. ...doesn't see it as a value. 
It sees it as a sign of fill in the blank. Well, yeah. we're also in a very stressful climate. Absolutely. <laughs> like for entrepreneur, for the small business owner and stuff. Like, well, and for everybody, like, you know, like a lot of people are in spaces where jobs work in and, general yeah, it's is like, a is a, a nerve wracking thing. Yeah. Right. So Even it's like to this. pass up on work at a time like this is like, what, are you crazy? There's people that are well, this out. Was there's so many, there's wait, millions of people out of work. It was way before COVID. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, no, it was. But it's perpetuated now. There's more, there's like a heavier stress behind it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, and I, I mean, I have to say, when I, when I enter my sabbatical, you know, 38 years old, about to turn 39, and I'm thinking, I don't think 38 years old are doing this what I'm doing this is kind of this is kind of odd am I not supposed to be thriving at this point (laughs) isn't this like the point where I'm supposed to be like really tracking with whatever it is that I set you know in my 20s that I was going like that that was that was a thought you know and then at the end of the day I was like but that's not me Right. and that's not most people that's not yeah, most people. Right. But that's what you get told. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. this is sort of like the narrative that is perpetuated. Yeah. That you should be this, that you should that you should hustle. Hustle, hustle, hustle. And it's like, so when do you actually do life? <coughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're always looking for the next thing. And doing life doesn't like like uh like uh living your life online or through a screen doesn't count as living your life either. Right. Correct. That's the thing that bothers me. That I'm trying to get over because <laughs> it's like, dude, if tomorrow's not guaranteed, why am I gluing myself onto this like screen? Which is another world that isn't like actual life right now. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And and it's it's an extension, right? Or or a tool. I think we've we kinda like covered mm-hmm. covered this, I mm-hmm. think the last last episode. Um you know, like the internet or anything. Anything is is a tool. So if you're gonna be on the internet or you're gonna do something that's not like real life, make it useful. You know, yeah. if it's not, you got to do what you're saying and be yeah. like, all right, I don't need that. And that's 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 with everything. Like, for instance, taking a year off. Like, if it's not like you said, if it's not gonna be useful to you, you know, don't take a year, um, but figure out how it could be useful. And I think we we try to make how can I explain it? We try to make everything fit everyone and that's just not the yeah, case yeah. you know the internet might be more useful to someone else than to you right taking a year off might be more useful to you than you know what i'm saying yeah. and, it, and i think it, taking a year off is not financially available mm-hmm. to everybody because mm-hmm. we're all in different circumstances exactly right so yeah. you know there's a lot like a lot of us live paycheck to paycheck yeah mm-hmm. some Absolutely. of us don't some people have more bills than others some people have a lot of fun toys some people don't and so we all make these choices along the way Correct. that convey that kind of pressure mm-hmm. yeah. you know absolutely the more things we have the more we gotta spend to take care of yeah. Right. Yeah. right right so you know it's like it all comes with a cost yeah. sometimes it's your time in order yeah. to keep track of the things you like to have around you yeah. but it's just a calculation you know what I'm saying it's just a calculation right. way whatever you However you're going to use time, money, internet, whatever resource you're talking about, it's just a calculation away. People just need to take a step back and be like, all right, what is this calculation? Do, can, do I, can I afford this money-wise or time-wise or otherwise, you know? 
And is it worth the cost? And is it worth the cost and at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to be able to do that, you have to stop. Yep. Yeah. Long enough. Yes. Yeah. I think yes. that that's 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 the real thing, mm -hmm. and that's the thing that we're not really given room to do, mm. because you always you're not responding, you're reacting. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's whatever comes at you, you're just kind of throwing something as as a mm -hmm. as just as a reflex, right? Like mm -hmm. you just you've been taught, and you do it. We all do it really well. That we just need to keep moving. And I believe that there is a time to keep moving. But mm -hmm. there is also a time to stop. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I remember when Rick and I got married, I was like, I had been hating my job for a really long time. And I wanted to get out of the medical. Like, a lot of people work in medical. I just wanted to get out. And I hated my job. And we decided, after much contemplation, that I should just quit my job. So we were living in a house, and we moved out of that house into a smaller, like, three-bedroom apartment, and I quit my job, and I took, like, what, eight months off? Like, I didn't work, I was just home, I was trying to figure things out, and that's when I realized that I actually wanted to go back to school. But, like, and so now I'm in school to be a social worker, Ooh. and in a few years I'll have my master's degree, but, like, I don't think I ever would have been able to get to that point if I hadn't taken that break. Mm. And it gave me courage somehow. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I can do this. <laughs> I can go back to school, I don't care. I'm in my 30s, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody goes through yeah. some version of that. I remember yeah. I moved up here, and I moved up with a broken heart, with a job that was starting to wean, with the prospects of a graduate school that I didn't get into the first time. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was working with my brother-in-law, who was a painting company, and I was like coming off of a job where I went to all of these different countries and did all of this cool stuff to going and painting houses in Longmeadow where I felt like a like like they looked at me like I was an illegal immigrant kind of you know, <laughs> like it, it felt that way. <laughs> and I was like it was such a humbling experience that there I was with no real job, no love, <laughs> no, no prospects of graduate school, and I just wanted to jump in front of a bus. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I was like, I hated life, I hated God, I was like, mm -hmm. this sucks, kill me, mm -hmm. I'm done. <laughs> like, I was like so depressed. Mm -hmm. And then I went to a Mute Math concert with Tim. And <laughs> the rest of everything changed. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me a year off. That's amazing. I gave you a year off? I got to be a stay-at-home dad for a year. That was yeah. not a year off. It was... <laughs> <laughs> I, so, like, we... We up and I had, like, gotten a sick job in, like, the coffee industry. Not in, like, a coffee shop, but in the actual, like, industry itself. Like, working for... A coffee making manufacturing company. Whoa. I was like in the specialty coffee industry, and I was like psyched about it. And then Andrea got like an opportunity at a dream job up in Maine, so I had to quit my job. Supposed dream job. And we moved up there, and I got to be a stay-at-home dad for a year, and it was freaking great. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, it was like not easy, and it was challenging, and there were days that weren't fun, but like overall, the experience was like an amazing opportunity to be able to hang out with my kid mm. every single day and like just like 
take care of a home. Like, it was a very unique experience and gave me much more of an appreciation for what uh, gender stereotypes mm-hmm. bring into, into uh, like, Western culture. Mm. Um, and when we broke those, it was, it was pretty interesting when they were swapped. Like, I felt like Mr. Mom... There was like a weird like, yeah, but you're just a stay-at-home dad and I'm like, well, fuck you. Like, <laughs> I can still beat the shit out of you. <laughs> I'm just as bad as you. Like, you know, just because I'm not working at the moment doesn't make any difference to who I am versus Correct. who you are. Yeah. Like, who, what we do for work doesn't mean... Yeah. it. Like, just cause, like, I'm a copywriter and yeah, that's cool, but that doesn't mean like, I'm cooler than you. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, we all do really great things, and it's different, and the world doesn't work without any of us. Mm. It's just stupid. <laughs> so why we to compare these things, right? right? It's the same reason that women couldn't yeah. vote and, like, mm-hmm. yeah. do anything, basically. Constructs. I yes. Think. And I now it's, it's a racial thing. constructs. Yeah. That we just made up. Right. Then we made them up. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. other humans made up. Yeah, just like us. We're just a bias. Right, we just have to, yeah. We're we're uh, Tutar from uh, from from, from Borat. <laughs> oh man! So no so, Borat references until uh, we've seen the movie. So I got a year off. Right. And the funny story is that then I got fired from that supposed dream job, and then I got like half a year off. And at first I was like miserable, right? And then I was like, all right, I'm a stay-at-home mom. That's what I am. I have a master's, whatever. I'm a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> and and went then to the mom groups. Like, I went to the mom groups, which was torture. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, hold up. I could not go to the mom groups because I was not a mom. That's so, like, my kid, I couldn't, like, it's like I can't show up. Like, how come I can't show up because, like, she can bring Sam, but I can't? Right. Right? Yeah. Like, where's the That's stigma so unfair. here? That's so unfair. Yeah, it really is unfair. I can gossip as good as the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> My point was, anyways, I accepted I, I was a stay-at-home mom, and literally, it was, like, within the week that I got a job. And I'm like, really? Just, like, right when I'm like, okay, I'm making peace with this, boom. That's like, always right. how it happens. It's always yeah. how you make peace with it. That's how it happens. But you can't force the peace. No. Yeah. It just yeah. comes or it you doesn't. Can't. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta wait that for it. That is something you, that flows. It's like a wave. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. You gotta ride it. Yeah. Yes. So, Danelli, something you kept saying that I wanted to kind of yeah. talk a little bit more about. You kept saying it was as if God told me. Yeah, yeah. And so in this podcast, we, like... Mm-hmm. We love to talk about spirituality yes. and God stuff. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey lately. Yeah. What? I can't take you seriously with the mask. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I hate this mask. I changed mask because the other one was too tight and it restricted my speech and I felt like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this one is a Dia de los Muertos mask. It's great. Yeah. It's but it makes me look like I have... Abnormally large features. <laughs> it's just a weird look. Anyway, Sorry. I was going to ask Danelli about contemplation and all of that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think we've talked about that really in on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I I grew up in a um, in a Christian home with uh, parents who are in ministry. Um, and so, yeah, so I developed a relationship with God at a very young age. 
Um, and, and sort of that was sort of the trajectory of life and um, I've had some health difficulties along the way that have created space for a deepening of, of my spirituality. Uh, and I didn't know that until probably uh, my, my early 30s, like that God had been doing something um, and, and, and leading me in, in a direction. And so um, I say all that because I don't think that um, I saw it coming in any way. Like I didn't, I wasn't looking for it. Uh, and et is like sort of the expansion, the, the invitation to, to open up. Um, and um, it happened while actually, while I was studying at seminary. Um, and I was, <laughs> I had TB. Um, and, the, and then I was put in like three month confinement um, in that period. By that time, God had already been in, in, in the deepest part of me, God had already been reminding me of the words, be still and know that I am God. Um, and that was pretty powerful for me because I actually was, I, I stepped out of the work that I was doing at the same organization with Andrea to go and work on a master's degree. I knew that I needed to kind of step off uh, for many reasons and kind of going to study. But I didn't know that there was more to this. Um, and so when I started that, and then I ended confinement, in-house confinement for three months, then that was what John of the Cross calls dark nights of the soul. Yeah. So that was really a, like a turning, a, a, a squeezing of Dinelli in some way. Um, but when I was 21, I was diagnosed with lupus. So that's why I say that there has been some periods of my life where I know that there have been these dark nights of the soul that really sort of were moments that were, there was a lot of pain. And when I first encountered it when I was 21, I was, I was angry <laughs> for like maybe a period of seven months because I just couldn't understand what was happening in my life. Because at that point, no one had told me that these things would come necessarily and what to do in the midst of those things. So people tell you God is going to heal you. Have faith. It's going to be okay. God is working on something here. People also will say dumb things like, are you in sin? Mm -hmm. Because maybe there is sin in there. Like, they say these kinds of things. We totally understand. Right? Yeah, mm -hmm. we totally understand. And so at the end of the day, like, I didn't know. At 21, I had no idea what to do with this other than be angry. Because I was like, what the heck? What's, what is yeah. this? What is really happening? 
But that was the beginning of where I find myself today. Because at that very moment is when I realized there's something about God that I don't know and that I haven't been told. Because right now, God is not fitting my box. Mm, that's so good. So there is something off here. Because I don't think that this is okay. I don't think. I, how is it that I can't, I can't know in the deepest part of who I am that God is here? Like, I can't see him in the dark. How is that? Like, no one told me how to look for God in the dark. So then, fast forward, I'm in house confinement. <laughs> and at this point, I've been introduced to contemplative Christian spirituality. So that's Jonathan Cross, that is Thomas Kempis, that is contemporary... Jean Guillaume, right? Yes, that is contemporary Richard Rohr, that mm-hmm. you name it, it's, it's these writers that are taking my faith and they're expanding. They're, mm. they're creating space for these dark things mm. that don't make sense. Mm. <laughs> and it was it's in, in this space that I start realizing that what I knew was a very small picture of who God really is mm-hmm. and who God and how God sees me like I didn't really I knew God in light of the things that I did because that was my journey I grew up in a Christian home I pursued missionary work I so appreciate what my parents did because at the end of the day I love God and that's because of my parents and I, I'm so thankful for that but it didn't go further didn't go deeper not deeper like this but deeper in and that is realizing that there's always much more that you can and, it's, and you can find it outside of scripture. Mm. And you can find it on a walk. You can find it in a conversation with a friend. But you have to be awake to be able to actually be part of it. I didn't, I didn't, hadn't, I hadn't woken up to that truth. And when I began, and I heard it, as I was training as a spiritual director, one of the first images that struck me was, we are a society that are sleepwalking. That just, I was like, whoa. A sleepwalker doesn't know. That's why they just go back to bed, they, do it, they don't remember anything. So you can't ask a sleepwalker to change anything because they're not aware that they're sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. It's like the matrix. That's right. <laughs> and so um, I began to be around spiritual contemplatives who themselves share with me my, my Christian background. And that really helped me 
to begin to ask questions, open up, and realize that God just had much more. Isn't it, isn't it weird that yeah. you, like, you never feel like you're allowed to ask a question, mm-hmm. right? Like at some point, that idea is introduced into your mind and it just stays there for a long time. Mm-hmm. So just the mere idea of asking questions about right. the thing is like off limits for some reason right and, then, and so and then sometimes if you get the courage to ask the question you're met with a very vague answer yeah, yeah, yeah. that doesn't make any sense right. and doesn't really answer the question yeah so then I think that discourages you from asking more questions because you're like well I'm just going to get some like right. some BS yeah some, some kind of right. yeah. off the cuff yep and I think you know I mean I think that's where a lot of people struggle with religion in, in many different ways. Like, I think faith is extremely important. Like, I think I think everyone should practice some sort of faith because to say that we're the biggest thing is, I think we can all agree that's just ludicrous. We're yeah, not yeah. the biggest thing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we're big and it's great and I'm grateful, but we're not the biggest thing. And I think people run into walls when the practicing of their faith stops them from asking questions Mm. and I think that it's brilliant that you found a way to have your faith freely Mm -hmm. because freedom is 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 what makes it feel good when when you can ask questions and you can contemplate and you can feel it like feel it not be told how to feel it feel it Mm -hmm. it feels way better uh, you know and and I think that should happen across the board like all the time yeah and I and I and I do believe that 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 is from the beginning like it, it's not like all of a sudden you wake up and it's like no God's intention is for freedom you have to make your faith your own yes when when we were leaving the like church somebody told me that he's like you have to go on your own journey to make your faith your own you can't just have other people's faith and I'm mm-hmm. like what? You <laughs> mean <laughs> I'm not just supposed to accept exactly what I've been told? It's like, no, it has to be your own. You have to find they it. They don't want I, you to know that. I believe what he said is, don't let anyone tell you who Jesus is to you. Yes. What is it? But yes, don't let anybody tell you what Jesus is to you. Hmm. It was critical. That was a critical moment. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's so good. Because it gave me the freedom to say, I don't have to just take what everybody is telling me in service value anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't have to just say, yeah, 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 that's, that's the way it is. It's like, well, is it? Is this the way it is? <laughs> yeah. Can I ask that? Yeah. Like, is that, is this the way it is, right? Like, come on. Seriously. Why yeah. are we so afraid to talk about it? It's like sex. Right. <laughs> taboos yeah, yeah. we can't no question reason. it yeah. we know it is it's yeah. there well at that level I think you start to realize that's when you start to because you can't question so it's really just about control yeah like at the end of the day if people can't if your congregation can't ask questions or challenge you it's it's a it's a monarchy right monarchy that's when there's one mm-hmm. head it's, it's like hierarchy, what we have in our yeah. country right yeah now. it's like you can't or what's a bad monarchy 
dictatorship. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would venture to say all monarchies are bad. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you're right. They you're end right. up being bad, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're a family. They want you to say, oh, we're a family. We're here. We're together. We're all equals. But no, it's not like that. There's, like, a hierarchy mm-hmm. of, like, the council and the elders and the pastor and, like, you may be down here. And it's like, yeah. well, what the fuck? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't feel very loved or welcomed if I'm, like, down here and I can't or ask equal, any questions. Right? Right. At least we're not all, we are all equal. It's supposed to be, yeah. yeah. There's totally. no Jew or Greek nor male nor female. I feel like I learned that when I left the church, which is confusing to me. So I've been in the church since I was a baby. Mm-hmm. But not until I left... I'm not going to say church, because I feel... For me, I feel like the church is the people. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say organized religion, because mm-hmm. that's way different than what the church is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I left the church, then all of a sudden I, I learned how to be more accepting and loving and just not feel like I yeah. had to change it. Isn't that weird? It is so backwards. Yeah. It should be the opposite, supposedly, but, like... Yeah. Why is that? Acceptance is not taught yeah. at all, which is sad. More empathy, which yeah. is surprising. Yeah. Oh, man, it's all twisted, y'all. It's so 2020. It is. It mm. is. I'm going to say that for years to come. <laughs> this is so great. Right? If it's just hey, like it a show, it's it 2020. Everybody will know exactly what you mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone got to think back to masks. Right. <laughs> no one got to get this. And no toilet paper. Right? Exactly. No toilet paper. People fighting for toilet paper. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's crazy. At least there's toilet paper. Right. Yeah. Hey, shout out to toilet paper. Uh, thanks for being around again. We, we did miss you. We you were did there. miss you. Very catching up with you. Hey, for real, man. And why we miss fl- you, like, We all got flushable wipes, and then they're like, "Please don't flush your flushable wipes." I'm like, "It's in the name." Like, do you remember when the people of Bonnie's Island were yeah. like, "It's clogging"? Yeah. Yeah, no, I can terrible. flush them. That's why they're flushable. <laughs> no, but I guess you can't really flush them. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Wow. Yeah. Unflushable wipes. From As opposed to just wipes. Yeah. It's a flushable wipe. It is a little infuriating. You just want to... F- nah, let's stop talking about flushable wipes. <laughs> I'm sure there's more interesting things you're trying to Let's keep talking about it. Let's get it flushable. We're having PTSD when we were quarantined. Do you guys remember that? For like three months? Yeah. All of our houses? Yep. We couldn't yeah. leave? Uh, how, how long has this year been, man? Like, it's I been mean, like two hey, or three years. You guys years. remember when oh, Australia was on fire? Yeah. That's how the year started. Yeah. How long has that feel? It feels like 10 years. Yeah, I heard someone say 10 years. Yeah, it's like a late It started on wildfires in Australia, and then those fires, like, crossed the ocean to California, and then the coronavirus Uh, got here. Yeah. And 5G. 5G's on fire everywhere. Oh, yeah. We're all going to die. It's all 5G's. It's coronavirus. There's an asteroid. Oh, yeah, the asteroid. Coming in November. Yeah, November 3rd. Yeah. Oh, it hasn't come uh, yet. Yeah, yeah. No, the day before the election. I got it. I got it. I saw uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson gave an interview. He's like, "There's only like a 0.2 percent chance it'll hit us. Then it's gonna it's hit." It's still a lot. I'm like, you know 2020. Oh, so Andrew, Andrew yeah. told me that, and I was like, "So you're saying there's a chance?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Just wrap it up. Told. Wrap it up and go home. Right. So Man. Good game, guys. So, Good game um, I felt like you kind of touched upon this, but yeah. I want to talk a little bit more if I can yeah. pick your brain. Please. Going inward. Yeah. Um, like the belly button? Hmm? Like from the belly button? No, 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 no. 
So when <laughs> when you were when you were being contemplative <laughs> and you were going inward, can mm-hmm. you just kind of for someone who has no idea what that means? Yeah. Can you tell us? Yeah. So. Um, so this kind of goes alongside with presence, mm. and and you can't offer presence if you're not present. Mm. That's the truth. And contemplative practices uh, that both you find them both within the Christian contemplative space as well outside of the Christian because there's contemplative or meditation that is happening um, in in other circles. It's a it's an invitation to be present. It's an invitation to hold things. And that contemplative means just creating space for you to be with yourself. Um, and going deep, it just means being so attentive to the movements of your inner parts of who you are. Because your body holds a lot of who you are. And if you sit long enough, your body will tell you where it's tight, where it's holding stress, where it's, I mean, it's going to tell you because it has been designed to, to protect us in some way, right? And so in contemplative um, practice, what you're invited to do is be able to, to sit with yourself, listen attentively, and notice what happens as you're listening. And going deep is not necessarily a going deep um, in something that you're thinking about, but it's going deep and going inward with yourself and saying and trusting, I don't know what God is doing in this moment, but I am trusting that I am being filled with the things that I need in order to be able to do life today or to be able to to see my my heart enlarged so there is more space for other people or to be able to um, see what are some of the blockages that are keeping me from being able to move forward does that make sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I mean I'm, I'm bringing the same thing which is it's what you in some way experience when you decided to leave your job mm-hmm. and you guys sat with that decision of what should I do and then being able to come out of the other end and say well oh, I just discovered that I want to go back to school yeah that's not just like I just discovered mm. that's something there, that yeah. is coming mm-hmm. from within you which like, is funny because I before that I just want to say real quick I said the complete opposite mm-hmm. and I thought that that's because like I remember literally saying the words I've just never been like the type of person who thought that I wanted to go back to school after after high school like I never had the desire to go to college but I did I just wasn't brave enough to admit it because mm. then when you admit that you have that desire now you have to either do you want to take action or do you want to push it down because it's scary? Mm. You know, it's scary to go back to school at like 36 yeah. years old and like, and like it's yeah. scary, like moving into a smaller house, not having a high income. Like there were so many sacrifices that came with that, mm-hmm. but that was, that was my path mm-hmm. and I just, I had no idea. Yeah. But yeah, when I sat with myself, yeah. myself was like, what? 
get up, like do something. It's okay, you can do this. Yeah. It's gonna right. be hard, but you can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like that's what contemplation does. It opens you up. It allows you to be able to go to those places mm-hmm. that you don't allow yourself to go on the regular because you tell yourself, I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. It allows you to discover that God is bigger than what you've been told. Totally. It allows you to discover that actually God is more loving than what you've experienced. Like God's, those are the kinds of things that happen as you practice contemplation, as you practice breath work. You know, the simple thing that we take for granted on every day, if you mm-hmm. stop and you actually do deep breath work, it releases you from a lot of stuff that you're not even aware that's there. Because we do shallow breathing. That's the truth on a day-to-day. We don't know how to really breathe. But the moment, I mean, this is why there's all these apps, you know, trying to help people slow down. Because the moment you slow down and you actually take a deep breath, you say, you can say to yourself, welcome to know me. You're here. Mm-hmm. And all of you is here, right? And then you can begin to say, sit with with yourself, sit with God, and say, okay, what is, what have you been trying to tell me that I haven't listened to? Because there's one thing about life is that God is always speaking. Always. When people say, oh, God is far from me, if that was an experience that you've had at some point, or God left me, God is saying, sweetie, I've always been here. Just don't sit long enough to be able to listen. I'm guilty of that. I mean, this is the stuff. This is why, for me, taking a stop was so important. Because it's not, it wasn't part of my rhythm. (laughs) Do you understand? Mm -hmm. It wasn't my default. It's still not. But the drawing in is always there. There's always an invitation to come closer, come closer. Wherever you are in life, wherever your journey is, there is a calling out that's saying, I am here. Be still and know. Like that is a call. And you have to be in, 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 in the Bible, I'm sure you guys that are familiar with the Bible know that one of the prophets had been waiting for God to act. And it says, but it wasn't in the wind. And it wasn't in the whatever. And it wasn't in these loud things, right? Like it wasn't there. It wasn't in the, it was in the still small voice. That's Jeremiah. Was it Jeremiah? I can't remember. I was thinking more like um, Ezekiel. Yeah, like one of those. Yeah. Joshua. No, not Joshua. <laughs> but you not know Joshua. what I mean. So Joshua. at the end of the at the end oh, of the God. day. <laughs> Just kidding, Joshua. <laughs> if you're listening. But at the end of the day, it's like it's it's never what you think it is, mm. because in thinking that we know what it is, we're controlling. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. You have to let it flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love the image of the river is already going. What you need to do is swim with it. Yeah. Just let it go. Yeah. Go with it. See where it takes you. And for me, what it's taken me to, it's this space. It's yeah. this place where I am being called to live out of the place of my truest self, mm-hmm. where I am. What God has intended for Janelle to be. Without all the titles, the academic stuff, all the things that you have been holding without, you know, all the things that at some point in early life said that that's who I I am and just be me mm-hmm. without any of those things and be able to be available for people in that space in the way that I am. And I think it's an invitation to to say to yourself, man, it is true. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. There is no mistake here. God sees me as that. Is there room for evolution, for evolving? Absolutely. But it's only in light of love. That's where it happens. It's because the love, that love is so abounding that it moves you towards that direction of you living into you, who you truly are. And I feel like the inner work that has happened, continues to happen, it's all about knowing that I am becoming. It's, it's something that's progressive. It's not stagnant. It's not, I said the Jesus prayer, I'm good to go to heaven. There is more. Like you're, there's life here. And what does it mean to be me in this life? And to be the person that this world needs me to be. Right? And that's the part where I believe that breath work, um, spiritual direction, which is um, one of the things that I'm trained as, um, what it does is encouraging spaces for people to know that this is not a journey it's meant to be done alone that there are moments in our lives where we need another to come alongside and help us listen because sometimes the chatter in our brain is so loud Mm -hmm. there is no way for you to listen to yourself if not another person is listening to you and is reflecting back what it is that they just heard you say Half of the things that really change us often are things that we ourselves are saying, but we're not listening because we're not and we haven't cultivated those spaces. And so that, for me, is what my my journey with God is all about. It's about discovering more of who God is, and in that process discovering how to who Danelli is and how to love Danelli so that I can do that for the sake of the world because it doesn't stop here it's about being able anything that we do in our spiritual journey is not just about ourselves it's about how we are in the world 
we were talking about, you know, um, earlier about um, how we are destroying creation for not being the stewards that we are. This is too part of that, you know? Who we are is connected. And so being, growing in awareness, having the practices that allow us to be present, this, these things are crucial because it requires intentionality to live in the present moment. Because our default is to go sleepwalking. That is the truth. We got things to do, we got bills to pay. Sorry, that's for privileged people, right? Like, we, we can go to that route. Why? Because we don't know anything different. Mm-hmm. But the moment you step into it, you realize there is more. There's more for me. And I want that more. And it's not it's not a A, B, C linear kind of thing. So it does require that you surrender, that you let go. And those are the things that are hardest because we like to be in control. Control is like, that's like, you got to underline that word. Because yeah. that's, that's exactly why we, we give into the part of our brain, ironically, that we lose control, right? Mm-hmm. Because it feels like control. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just like this weird like game, you know? And, and I think you, you said it really well. Like, and it's something that I do a lot when I'm, you know, when the chatter's too much or whatever. Like breath work. Mm-hmm. When you can breathe and kind of just like come away from the voice in your head, that part of your brain that's mm-hmm. like trying to be in control. And you just surrender to chaos. Because people, people look at chaos as a bad thing. Chaos is not innately bad. The word chaos is not evil. It just means, like, there's well, there's order and chaos. You know, there's like there's that balance. Order is good. What do you say? Law of entropy. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the natural order of everything, right, is chaos. It's it's just like you said, the river. To, to put it in a more nicer uh, depiction, it's a river. It's flowing. Mm-hmm. It always has been flowing. It's going to keep flowing. And you can fight the current. Mm-hmm. You might get somewhere, but it's gonna be so painful. Mm-hmm. And I think when you go with the current, when you be yourself, when you are still, mm-hmm. at least for a moment, that's when you go with the flow. That's when you get further, you know, going with, with, with the flow of the river. Mm-hmm. And, and I digress. I guess what I was trying to say is, is like the ego. That's, that's how I kind of mm-hmm. identify that power of control. The ego is what makes us, it's painful. That's what makes us like feel pain and not mm-hmm. be ourselves. Because you're thinking, and the ego's telling you, like, oh, you need to be this. Like, you know, Eddie Saturn is a musician. He's this. He's got to be this. He's got to do this. He's got to say this. When I just can be me, you know? You can be you. Everyone mm-hmm. can be themselves. Be. Yeah. Exactly. Just be. Right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like, like the moment you start stripping the ego... From the things, I mean, it's like sugar, right? The moment you start stripping <laughs> sugar out of your body, you go into like a shock. A shock. You go into withdrawals. You do all that. The moment the ego starts feeling those things, it goes into panic yeah. because it doesn't. Like we go into panic because we don't know what to do because that's what we know yeah. as ourselves. It's crazy. And it's like if we carried a mannequin yeah. around. <clears throat> With a bunch of post-its on it, like, master's degree, female, married, blah, 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 and said, this is me, the mannequin with these post-its. 
But that's so much more wow. than who you are. That's Thank exactly you. what it is. That's yeah. the ego. Yeah. yeah. And every time you give it a little, you know, when you yes. feel, when you feel, oh man, I wish that was me, right? Like you have that moment because you're seeing it as someone else. Oh, I wish that was me. The ego's like, yeah, you wish. Mm-hmm. I like that, right? Instead of saying, wow, well done. Good for you. What's that word Maggie taught us? I wasn't there. Copernicus. Copernicus. Not Copernicus. (laughs) It's the opposite of jealousy. Mm -hmm. It's when you're happy to see someone else have something you don't. I forgot the name. I don't know. It's so unheard of. We don't even know. It's so unheard of. We don't know the word. Because we don't know how to do that. It sucks. Why are we so... Oh, we're Because... Because we're sleepwalking. <laughs> yeah. Because our egos have, we base our, basically our comatose, right? Like our egos have been determining, mm-hmm. right? Like the false self, which is our ego, mm-hmm. feeds into all this stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so the moment that you start showing, that you start showing signs of wanting to move a different way, your false self goes into like baby mode. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you start throwing temper tantrums. <laughs> there is no way that you want to walk away from it. I mean, yeah. it is, this right here felt so real. Why would I leave this? Yeah. It feeds me. Like it feeds all my needs. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, what you, what you really are seeking is to be loved mm-hmm. without any of those things, mm-hmm. without any of these post-its. Mm-hmm. You just want to be received. Isn't mm-hmm. that what people want? Yeah. People just want to be welcome. People want to be seen, mm-hmm. heard, and said, no matter what you do, I will love you. I have a question. <laughs> what do you think about... See, how I just I pictured, I don't know why this is what I pictured, but I pictured a monk. Does a monk want to be seen and heard and loved? And then I just thought, I thought about, like, I think you guys were mentioning this earlier, like, American culture and what that does to the way that we see the world, blah, 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 blah. So to your point, is, is the byproduct of the things we want, you know, like, because we live in America? Like, we live here, so as a result, I am this way. I want these things. I want to feel these things versus what is it like to live... In the bush. In the bush, in the sticks, sure. and just, like... Boom. So I'm just Until not Until they're talk. aware. That's the thing. Until they're aware oh of what gosh. they don't have, they don't want it. But when but there's this thing, right? We know this. Westernization of of other countries. Yeah. Right? And the way they see that in a negative way. Um, I saw it a lot in Africa. The mm. this like westernization and in Japan. Mm. Huge that like getting married like in a Christian way yeah. was like like, like having like a murder mystery dinner experience. Like they weren't <laughs> doing it so much for the like religious aspect of yeah. marriage, but it was like a. It's a showcase. It was like right. a, a show. Fun. Yeah, it was like. Do you remember that? The experience. It was like, the experience. It was yeah, yeah, so like strange showing to me. off. Yeah. Um, Capernaum is Capernism. the word. Capernaum. Yeah, it rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly where I was going. With right. <laughs> I knew the word. So, yeah. Compersion. Compersion. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling yeah. of joy one has experiencing another's joy. Yeah. 
there's still... I do think we do have a deep need for connection and to be seen, though. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been proven with science. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you see all the studies done on, like, newborn babies who aren't spoken to and aren't, like, touched, they'll die. Or yeah. they'll go into, like, a comatose state mm-hmm. and they'll be, like, you know, mm-hmm. toddlers and six, seven, eight, and they can't speak. Yeah. And they can't engage with people, and they don't have these things that we have right now where we can talk and, like, look at each other. They're just, like, a shell of themselves. Yeah. And a lot of them stay that way forever. Yeah. They have to live in a home for the rest of their lives. Because mm-hmm. like, so it's, like, w- there has to be so something fragile. in that if we need it when we're growing to sustain mm-hmm. our future self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's funny zooming zooming out from that because usually when you zoom in on things is when you get to the the root of it in this concept i think you got to zoom out because we're talking about western society right mm-hmm. not to get too like you know sci-fi with it but like oh man earthly society right mm-hmm. like think about what that me- means to be human right we're talking about this human experience which makes sense we're humans but we're not you know we're, we're more than that we're, we're consciousness right mm-hmm. like this fleshy suit and all this other stuff doesn't really matter it's consciousness fleshy suit fleshy suit um, consciousness exists <laughs> elsewhere it, it has to for <laughs> fleshy <laughs> suit <laughs> yeah oh, man. thank you wow so you're just gonna walk around naked. <laughs> wow, it's gonna be an exciting party. It's gonna be oh, quite the Saturday. Yeah. Hard to wrap. Hard to wrap. It was totally worth it. In fact, let's let's talk about fleshy suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, that's great. But but consciousness is not limited to us on this planet. Possibly this dimension. You know, like like we yeah. can't even yeah, fathom. You know. We, we can't fathom what consciousness is. It, like, even if, like, even when you believe in a higher power, which, mm-hmm. which like, again, I think, I think mm-hmm. everyone has to believe in something bigger, that's consciousness too, mm-hmm. you know? And it's on a level that we don't, mm-hmm. we can't fathom. So my point is, we, we are like, you know, we're talking about these needs mm-hmm. that, that we have, Western versus Eastern. It's, it's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think consciousness has a need for other consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, which is, is possibly why this all started. You know, imagine per se, right? There's this being that exists or this consciousness that exists. And it's like, well, I want to know what it's like to be this person. And then another consciousness exists from that thought. Right. And then it just keeps going and going wow. and going and going and going, you know? Explains so, like group think. Yes. A lot, you know, things like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're all together in the same place absorbing the same information. So therefore, it's, it's easier true. to believe because we're all in that state of we're all in that present moment together right that and we all have every person on the planet has group think to some extent yeah because we we want to connect with those who kind of are on the same wavelength as us and we try to understand people on different wavelengths and and we do that because we know that we should as humans you don't only want to think that we're right about everything you try to learn new things but also like your group looks like you that's just the way it is right but ours kind of doesn't. Ours is so <laughs> but I mean, as far as like what our mind mm. is, if you close like, your eyes, that we think. If you close your yeah, eyes, I mean, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so yeah, cool. I mean, look at a group like uh, <laughs> make a wish and blow out the Let's start. Let's start a, a voice in the cover band. <laughs> Please. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, at least they know how to sing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so you're, talking about, you're talking about boys to men. Not us. Guys, yeah, absolutely. We did it. We did it. Yeah. That, was our, that was our way of showing you guys to see what you thought. Swish. Yeah, it's going to go south, man. At least you can carry it too. I mean, right. the last episode, we all broke out into oh worship. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So it's yeah. like mercy oh, me. And everybody oh made a God. That is old. <laughs> oh, God. It was, you, I, know, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Oh, God. So old. That is so old. And then we howled. Yeah. We did. So, oh, my That's God. That's a regular thing now. Yeah. 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 Are, you, are you ready to howl? Are you willing to howl? But we group. have a question first. Right, right. Yeah, show The question. The question. <laughs> the question. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, you should ask it. No, you ask No, I want you. Please. I forgot it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the answer. Give me a break. I already what is Saturday. This, I right? smoked before I came here. I was having a good time. We had a crazy day. We did have a crazy it was day. so busy. Let's not get derailed because yeah. they okay, don't care. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Andrea. You asked the question. Tradition. Oh, okay. You want to ask the question? I, I can't remember it either. Which one in my ear? Sounds like you're the only one that remembers it. Oh my gosh. Okay, I got you. I totally remember now. It's what do you think is the point of life? What is the point of life? What's the meaning? Well, in my life, the point of life is, as of right now, is um, to love God and love people. That's the point of life for me. Mm. To live in my purpose and do those things while I'm doing it. So, that's it. That's wonderful. Right, that was a good answer. I just, I really enjoyed hearing your story. I just mm. want to throw that out there. Like, so many times when you were talking, like, you were here, I was right here with you. I'm like, yes, like, that speaks to my core. So I feel like, although we've both had very different lives, like, that dark night of the soul and coming face-to-face with, like, the things that you were taught as a child, and, like, do I believe this? Maybe I don't. Oh, God is bigger than I ever thought. And so, like, that I totally get, and I think a lot of us get that, don't we? And so... I oh, just yeah, thank you. Batman. It's like a personal <laughs> thing. What what time did you have something you want to say? <laughs> it's like, it's like, I am Batman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And on that note, Andrea, oh, do you want to take us out? Take us out? Yeah. That's it. To the ball. Oh, she's taking us all out. That's the end. I mean, do we howl or should we do something different? Uh, no, she's such a different guest. Oh, she's so sweet. You can howl. She, she can howl. I can feel it. I feel the howl with her. Let's do breath work. Can you lead us in like a minute of breath work? Yeah. That's a great idea, So I'm just going to invite you all to find a comfortable spot. Can I hold hands real quick? Kumbaya. I want to straighten yourself out like just find find your posture in a way that that your chest is opened up so that you're you are available to receive um, I just want you to notice first how you are feeling what kind of energy is is in you right now just notice that To let's just do a little scan of the body from the sole of your feet all the way up slowly. Just scan your body just to see 
where your body's at. Just do that briefly. Just get all the way up to your chest, to your neck, to your face, to the top of your head. And now I'm going to invite you just to take a deep breath in, and we're going to hold it for three, so deep breath in, deep breath out, we're going to hold that for three as well, we're going to do that again, deep breath in, hold it for three, and deep breath out. Hold it for three. Now we're just going to sit for a few seconds in silence. just want you to be with you. what's happening as we're sitting in the silence, what's happening in you, if there's chatter, just move it, move it on, don't give it, don't focus on it, just let it move like sheeps, just moving along the trail, just going about their day. to fold your hands together and put it by by your heart and just repeat after me I am rooted and grounded in love I am rooted and grounded in love I am rooted and grounded Give yourself a big hug. Just recognize you're alive. You're alive. <laughs> alive. And we're done. That was great. That was wonderful. Should we still have <laughs> <laughs> I'm so relaxed. I'm like, oh, I'm too relaxed. Too relaxed. I'm pretty relaxed. Yeah. No, no, let's help. Let's help. Yeah, we'll right. do it. Five, three, two, one. <laughs> Oh,